If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Today on the show, we discuss Holodrum and Laberna, lands that lay outside the domain of the Kingdom of Hyrule. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm your host, Neil. And I'm Lawrence. And today we have with us a very special guest. Uh, Hello there. My name is David Geisler, and I am the co-host of another Zelda podcast. Gentlemen, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on Lore Party. We're very excited to have you with us, Dave. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Now, today we're going to talk about the Oracle games. Are you are you guys familiar? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I I, I have a very um, sweet spot for the Oracle games. I, I love them very much. I actually purchased Oracle of Ages. I, I, I waited in line, so to speak. It wasn't a particularly long line, but back in whatever it was, 2001, to get Oracle of Ages uh, at a Best Buy in Chicago. And I adored that game. And I actually didn't play Seasons for almost 10 years for, for about the next 10 years, I just had moved on to other Zelda games, but finally found a cartridge in a used store and thoroughly enjoyed that one as well. So I, I think they're um, little hidden treasures in, in the Zelda collection, honestly. Thank you. I feel like nobody talks about these games often enough, and they're honestly my favorites in the series. Or I guess I'll count them as one game, and they're one of my favorites, but I digress. I feel like I'm the only person that played Seasons first. <laughs> I didn't play I didn't play Ages until like years later. I purchased Seasons. There it is. Now, let's just get right into it because I think these are two very fascinating games. And again, you can look at them as one, but whatever. Uh cuz they're some of the few that take place outside of Hyrule. Yeah. And it has fascinated me just to think about, you have all these Zelda games set in this one kingdom with this deep and rich history and lore that seems to bleed into one another. And yet, here you have this twin pair of games taking place outside of Hyrule, Seasons in the Land of Holodrum, and Ages in the Land of Laberna. And we, it, we don't know anything about them. It's the first time we see them. We never go back. And it's our first big world interaction where Zelda doesn't matter. The king of Hyrule doesn't matter. The kingdom itself does not matter. Yeah. And I want to take a look at how that kind of just plays, you know, especially using all these familiar races and characters and what have you. You know, when, when you gentlemen reached out to me and we spoke about this being our topic today, I got very excited about it because... You know, uh, a Link's Awakening also exists in a slightly removed experience from from what is a typical Zelda game, and I think it's common knowledge these days that that kind of was a 
uh, end of the workday tech demo project, passion project that the team members were working on, trying to bring um, a link to the past to the Game Boy game, and then ended up becoming its own game. And that's the the way that they kind of made an excuse for that being the way that the way that Nintendo made an excuse for Link's Awakening being so different was they had it uh, without any spoilers. They had it exist in a space that was not. Um, corporal, you know what I mean? It was, it was some mm-hmm. kind of ethereal existence. But anyway, um, they are physical places, and and Link gets teleported to them, so they do legitimately have their own logic to them and their own um, governments and things like that, which is so much different than Kohoilan Island. So I am very excited to speak about this today. Yeah, like I remember being blown away as a kid, firing it up, and you have link on a horse and he's rushing towards a castle he walks in and it's now like rendered gameplay footage uh which isn't impressive <laughs> on the game boy but it's there Whoa, look at this and in-game cutscene <laughs> exactly <laughs> and he's interfacing with the triforce itself you know the the big prize at the end of a link to the past and he's teleported off now i it's definitely worth pointing out speaking of a link to the past that this is the same link from that game. This is the link from a link to the past who went through his adventure in Link's Awakening mm-hmm. and is now just being pushed off in two more games. This is one of the because most I feel it's very se- this is one of the most seasoned links, honestly. Exactly. Same- it's very rare for us to see the same one in multiple games. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think there's a little bit of retcon debate as to where the the Oracle games originally sat, but it is official now that this is the same link from Link's Awakening and Link to the Past and all of that. And I love it. So why is Link here, right? It's uh, basically to save these lands from their oppressors. In Holodrum, you have General Onox, and in Ages, I'm sorry, in Laverna, you have Varen. We don't know anything about these people, but the game really wants to show them off to us the second we get there. It's true. And it's fascinating. Like, I don't know how you guys felt about this, uh, to come into a Zelda where Ganon's not around at all, really. He doesn't matter for the first time in forever, really since Majora's Mask, I suppose, the year prior. I know we're supposed to be speaking about the the lore more specifically on this show, obviously, but I have to say, from a behind-the-scenes point of view, I think Capcom was just really jonesing to make some of their own antagonists, and that's maybe technically where these characters came from, but they sure did a great job building lore around them. Oh, absolutely. Lawrence, how did you feel knowing you're going, you're going into a full Zelda adventure, no Ganondorf, no Hyrule, no sense of familiarity outside of some familiar uh character sprite work um i mean the funny thing is when i first played this i figured that there'd be a way for them to i figured they were gonna like try to fit him in but it was uh good to go all the way through just um seasons and realize he actually wasn't there ages i feel like you really appreciate it more because there's more of a plot to your villain Yes, then yeah, true. there is in seasons. It's kind of just like, I mean, if if that guy would, if uh, General um, Onyx would have just taken his mask off to reveal he's Ganondorf, it probably wouldn't have been a huge shock. But like, <laughs> right. I, I feel like um, uh, the I can't remember the 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 big bad and and uh, ages. 
her name is Varen. Yeah. Varen, yeah. Varen um Varen actually like did a lot of stuff and was like integral to the plot. So, I mean, that one, when I played it, I was like, well, this is really awesome because it was kind of like playing Twilight Princess before you get to the very end. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, there's some some of that essence where the 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 big bad has a thread through the entire game for sure. It's not just get to Mordor or whatever, you know? Yeah. Right. She is a constant presence in Laverna. And something I like about these games, too, is you kind of do get like a sense of geography as well. You know that there's these two lands and you can tell like, oh, Laberna's uh, to the east of Holodrum because this pirate ship cruises over from one land to the other. So you already know through the story itself that like, oh, we're connected. So if these two lands are connected, it really does make me wonder like, how close that they actually happen to be to Hyrule. And I would like to hear your thoughts on this because it's not like, oh, is it an alternate reality like Link's Awakening or possibly like Termina, which we don't know if that's a real world or not. Well, I like, didn't they have travel to, um, to, these, to these two lands from Hyrule in the game too? They had, um, was it Zelda or Impa? That's right. Both in travel. the linked game, Zelda shows. Yeah, so yeah, she actually. Pardon she me. Act- pardon me, Lance. Yeah. Oh no, you're fine. She actually like travels in, which was good because I I feel like also on top of this being a Zelda game where you're in a different land, this is the first one mm-hmm. where it's not like you know surprise. It's a dream sequence, possibly. Right, right. right. And I like that nobody cares when Zelda shows up in the linked game. She's not even a big deal, right. <laughs> you know. Like these, re- like which kind of just goes to show, like these are real, real people and creatures living in these lands with their own agendas. Like I certainly don't care that much about other nations' uh, politics at home, you know. So why would they? Like, yeah, they wouldn't. Be they definitely that. are clearly aware of each other, and and when you do play the linked game, they'll they'll reference certain things about each other. But I don't mm. really recall any specific local knowledge about Hyrule or anything like that. I don't I don't re- recall any real text or verbiage about them being aware of 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 an other space. See, my take on the lands is that they're. Uh, I have always felt like at least the humans are all from Hyrule or of Hyrule descent. And it just feels like they may have uh, been there in like the last hundred years or so. Cause like they're like, like pretty much living in, in like a tiny, almost like colony style town. And then you get one town and in seasons, at least you get one town and then you get the sunken city, which was like, to me, it feels like, oh, this was the original settlement, and then like something bad happens, and now we have this like new place where we basically had to start all over. Yeah, that's an experience when you get down into Sabrosia, is how is how I pronounce it, where um, you do teleport there, but it does have a logical and literal connection as a as a basement, you could say, to Holodrum. Yeah, yeah, you literally have this underground land just filled with lava and hooded creatures that you've never seen with the hoods and robes off. And you can only get there through portals. Mm-hmm. It's it, I, I remember that blowing my mind as a kid in seasons. Cause like you had said earlier, Oh, you have four overworlds now with all these seasons you can change. Yeah, and, and then you have a fifth one. A fifth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's insane. It was a little overwhelming at first. And I remember being really 
emotionally lost the first time I went through a, a, a little uh, teleporter, we'll say. And also because you access Sabrosia from a teleporter, I wasn't exactly sure that I was even in the same uh, universe or anything. You know, you really don't know. Maybe you're going to some other kind of experience. But then you do start to realize and learn that there is a literal connection, you know, with when you're making things erupt and, and of course, the pirate ship and stuff like that. Um, and once you you realize that it is a basement to Holodrum, then I started getting very excited about exploring this 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 fifth map, so to speak. Right. It makes you really think about the interconnectivity of these worlds and how they relate to one another. Uh, because that's how the game kind of opens up, which you don't really realize at first is in Oracle of Seasons, General Onox sinks what is the Temple of Seasons yep. into the Earth. Oh, yeah. And it throws everything completely out of whack. Now, I'm sure he and we at the time just think, oh, it's crumbling, it's falling, he destroyed it. Yep. No, he shoved it into this underground world that now just affected this entirely different ecosystem. Yeah, and, and they but didn't want it. E- they didn't want it either. If I remember now, yeah, you go down there they, like, hey, they, this they, thing just crashed on us. They don't even know what happened. Like, they have <laughs> no real contact with the outside world. Again, like, it'll, it's almost like kind of like a parallel to like the Sheikah or the Garuda or something, you know, or maybe when, uh, like really any race in Zelda, I guess has this in common. Like they're trying to stay away and do their own thing <laughs> and not get involved. They don't care about what's going on in holodrum. Mm-hmm. So they certainly don't care about Hyrule. Either, I, I like that you know? when, when, uh, general Onyx does sink this, it turns, it basically like turns the land into, it gives it like the Ohio weather. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like her, <laughs> the seasons change so frequently. Like it's it's wintertime now. It's summertime now. It's springtime. Like he just effectively made Holodrum Ohio for a good part of the <laughs> exactly. game, and you spend all of your time trying to fix that. And yeah, so I, th- and I think the only other like thing that this has in common, or that these games have in common, uh with our land of high rules that they just use rupees. And I'm sure that's because that's just what we all know the currency to be. Yeah. So maybe they are that close if they have the same currency. So now that we've talked about how these places might, you know, be a little different from high rule or a little similar, I think we should start getting into them a little more directly. So like we were saying, no one really seems to have like, as far as Holodrum, at least, no one seems to have any governing body there. Everyone's just doing their own thing. You got Horon Village, you got the Sunken City, and that's that. General Onox buries the Temple of Seasons, they end up in Sabrosia, and everything's just in disarray now. Like you said, Lawrence, it's Ohio weather. Yeah. So what I'm very curious about is... Why is no one doing anything about it? Like, do they only rely on the Meku tree? Like, I I don't get their deal. I mean, it's true. It is. Everyone is pretty passive, aren't they? I kind of feel like they just really solely rely on the Meku tree. Like, um, and I feel like maybe that's why they had, uh, you know, General Onyx and Varen. They, like, specifically target that. Um, I mean, because like the the Maker trees are the protectors of of both lands, and um, I don't know, like because you even need the you need to completely restore the Maker tree to get to the final area, right? With the eight essences in both games, the essences of nature and time for seasons and ages. That's right. It's almost like the uh, the oracle 
there's like a balance between the Oracle and the Meku mm-hmm. tree for that particular land. And like Hollow Drum, you know, um, the first thing when you get to the before you can even a- approach the Meku tree, you have to do like the test of courage to make sure you're worthy and you have to get the wooden sword. I think it's total bullshit. You have to do a test of courage. You are the link from a link to the past. <laughs> you had the Triforce. Yeah, you're... you had the Master Sword and defeated. Yeah, but cannon. the Meku trees don't know that. <laughs> and again, yeah, you're right. Like, because again, why would they care about Hyrule? Yeah, yeah. Just... There is like is such a disconnect between the two. I mean, you get teleported there, and Zelda kind of just shows up. So I'm almost wondering, like, how far did she walk or... Right, right. was that just, like, a day on a horse? Right. <laughs> like, I don't care. But it. they are, like, separate enough where... at They're close enough where we find out that they're still trying to bring Ganon back. But mm-hmm. we're far enough away where nobody knows... Seems to know who Link is, or at least, like, Legend of the Hero. Yeah, you're right. That, that kind of brings me back to my point, how... Or one of my earlier points, how... Everyone in Hyrule, and seemingly Holodrum as well here, tries to maintain their separate dwellings, their sense of privacy, because these Subrosians, like, they're mysterious hooded figures, they barter instead of using rupees, like, unlike everyone else, and you can't get into their land without a portal at all. I don't really think it's ever explained like why these guys are so secretive or like why this matters to them uh which is always something that fascinated me playing seasons what why what is this in that question i or that statement i apologize what is i guess just why does it matter that they have to be a secret society (laughs) i see (laughs) when you have like the rest of these worlds interacting like the grunts for example they they colonized holodrum fr- uh, moving from the rolling ridge and Laverna. so why are the subrosians so set on staying put i mean even the zoras were scoping out uh holodrum for a place to live yeah you're right you're right i said what could it be is it dangerous for a subrosian to be up in holodrum hey, do they ever leave and go on to the mainland the way we get down there initially is we see rosa who's their celebrity with the orange robe and the uh the big red uh, bow on her hair that we eventually go on a date with. Mm-hmm. I, oh my goodness, I forgot about that. Uh, and But that's it. That's the only instance I can recall that they're ever uh, in the overworld. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, you know, they can conceivably take a vacation to it, but maybe it's a bit of a E.T. alien thing where if they're there long enough, it's, it's, it's not uh, in their favor. But I'm, I'm absolutely just kind of surmising that right now. I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe they hate Mayor Rule. That's what it is. That's what it is. They're like, this guy. We're, we're trying to create a trade policy, but we don't have seeds, so he doesn't care. Right, yeah, that guy just is like, no seeds. I, you know, we came, you guys came from underground. I'm not fascinated by that because there's no seeds involved. Okay, we're going to keep this conversation going. But first, a quick break. Hi, 
Hi there, I'm David. And I'm Kate. And we're the hosts of another Zelda podcast. There are so many good podcasts out there, and some of them in particular concern The Legend of Zelda. <laughs> That's right, Kate, and we are another one of them. we That is actually the name of our show, Another yes. Zelda Podcast. And in our show in particular, we talk about some of our favorite dungeons, characters, boss battles. We have top ten lists. Yeah, we do deep dives on game design and production aspects of the different Zelda games. And we talk about our own experiences. We do some review episodes, talk about our challenges, our struggles, and our victories. That's right. You know, really just almost anything that has to do with Zelda, we like to talk about it. A new episode comes out every other Friday, and you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and YouTube. And you can also check out our episodes on our website, anotherzeldapodcast.com. That's right. All right, we will see you there. Okay, bye! To get back into... Things going on in Laverna, now that we've discussed Holodrum for a bit. You have Varen, as opposed to General Onox. She, though, and the way you meet her is... It's a very heavy opening to the game. You don't know it at the time. Impa, who's normally Zelda's caretaker, but who's there watching over Nehru, the Oracle of Ages, for whatever reason. Yeah, right. Um, uh, uh, Varen had possessed Impa, and you shove this stone out of the way that blocks evil to allow her through. And she goes and possesses the Oracle of Ages, which I'm sure if that's the second game you played, had to have felt really heavy, because you have the Oracle of Ages who just gets trapped in a crystal like it's linked to the past, like she's one of the seven maidens. And... You you see the antagonist actively now take control of what you assume to be the most powerful figure in the game as she warps to the past and throws the present in complete disarray, which... It's an opener. That's Yeah, that's some high-level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So while we look at the fact that this is a land that has been established for 400 years as opposed to uh, Holodrum's fairly recent activity or so it would seem there's a lot that can go wrong here so i was so excited to travel back to the past through the gate left open because now you meet the meku tree as a little bud basically so you now have context to the history of these beings from just seeing the fully grown meku tree in uh oracle of seasons and this really just kicks things off so now you have to really help cultivate this specific version of the Mako tree, get these essences of time, and restore peace to this land as well as Holodrum. Yeah. And like there was more of a, I don't know, kind of, there, there was more stuff stacked on top of, uh, like that was riding on you doing all this stuff just because, um, you know, Varen was messing with, events in the past mm-hmm. um and like events in the present which is all which would ultimately affect like the future so there is there's more than uh like you know in holodrum where it's like you know the seasons are just crazy here um they had <laughs> yeah. effectively stopped to the past or stopped time in the past while they were building the tower so those workers couldn't even couldn't stop working they just had to they couldn't go home they had to keep building the tower Right, this tower that Queen Ambi was building to basically use as a lighthouse for her lost love. Right. Which is an incredibly poetic, like, Zelda story um, on its own. 
Na- uh, Varen, having gone back using Nehru as a puppet, gets in the ear of the queen because now, oh, here, here's me, the oracle, telling you, the queen, right. what's up? And now it's uh, it's a tower to just rule over the land with an iron fist. Right. It's now a crushing monarchy in this land. That's a that's a good point too, uh, Lawrence. You were kind of touching on something a minute ago with with um, Oracle of Seasons or Holodrum. The four different seasons essentially it's it's more of a it's almost a Rubik's cube of just they're navigation puzzles. It's okay. Well, if it's snowy i can get to this place if it's sunny i can get to that place if it's fall i can get to this place and it's really just a way a bit like a really good dungeon every time the season changes it contextually changes the the screen you're on and and that might change how you move through the land but my favorite thing about oracle of ages is that these the puzzles are almost narrative puzzles uh, just like you were touching on neil the something that happens in the past or you might experience something change in the future or the present or whatever, the, the later of the two. And I guess it's the present because you start there. Um, and, and and you don't know exactly why it might be different. And you have to go back in time and try to figure that part out. And that could be its own mini adventure every single time you're trying to figure those things out. And then you can even use it as a tool by affecting things in the past to help things in the present. Um, I... I enjoy that very much. I think that's. I think it's a little bit. You know, I don't want to say it's more dynamic. I almost said it's more dynamic because I think there's something kind of cool about navigating holodrum. But from a, an emotional point of view, these this time mechanic, these time mechanic puzzles, I'll call them, um, are very rewarding. Yeah, I think the games are very ahead of their time, almost in like Breath of the Wild sense, where oh, the overworlds are now their own puzzle and mm-hmm. own thing to figure out. And I think the whole the time travel works better in uh, Labyrinth because they have that history. So like you have, you know, I mean, even now, I mean, they have a mayor in present time, but they had a, you know, they had like an established monarchy for 400 years and like it developed into this, this other thing where it's not, you know, holodrum, you just have one guy who cares about seeds more. So like, you go back in time in Holodrum, it's probably not going to... There's probably going to be less damage that you can do um, because there's, <laughs> yeah. like... doesn't seem like there's much history there, but, like, well, you have... Well, it's still a forest. <laughs> right, right. Like, you can cut down some trees. Oh, man, it's fall now. Jeez. <laughs> and, like, you could mess up the seasons. Um, you know, you can mess up the seasons in, in Labyrinth, but, like, that's probably not going to necessarily affect much but i think it's the fact that like labrina had that long history with the monarchy they've got this like city established like there's there's more stuff like like how to like you can mess up how they got to a certain point like they have a rich history of like hey we did this really well in the past and that's why we're here now where and so varen can go back and say like okay well maybe if i just move things a little bit you know Right. To the left, like, to the look right. how history can really change. Like because right. of Varen in the past, the Goran Elder in the Rolling Ridge gets trapped by boulders, and if Link wasn't there in the past to remove them and help him out, he would have died, and the Gorons wouldn't have flourished, and they wouldn't have gone to Holodrum. Oh, and yeah. like even in this game, like that does affect Oracle of Seasons being these lands nearby each other. Exactly. So. There's like 
that's I think are back to our you know our original conversation about like this is a more developed land like you can you can mm-hmm. see that just because looking at it its timeline right like without uh Laverna, there was probably no hollow drum yeah so like looking at like how Varen could have just wiped out the Gorons by accident because they're such a patriarchal society uh I'm sure they would have been crushed at the loss of their leader. Uh, she pollutes the Zora, uh, the, I'm sorry, she pollutes the Zora Sea. I mean, that's next level stuff. You know, Ganon in the past, sure, he's frozen it or whatever. (laughs) Zant did the same. She's just actively poisoning and torturing this group of living creatures. And that's bananas. See, that's why it's... This is... It's funny when you when you get to like the linked game and you realize like oh this is a larger plot to bring back Ganon but yeah like mm-hmm. to that point like Baron's doing some stuff that like even Ganon didn't do so like it like like war crimes are happening right because in several games all they do is normally they freeze you know you freeze it or you destroy the domain like mm-hmm. physically destroy it but yeah this one is just like oh it's going to poison your water supply Right, and the way you have to fix that, I think, is like what you go out to the library, you see the great fairy, uh, who you have to, I think, get back to her regular form because Varen messes with the great fairy as well. Like she's got contingency plans. <laughs> yeah. So she goes from the most powerful being, I guess, that isn't the tree in this land, to the actual monarch who's in charge of everything. Just to further her own little path of destruction and despair and sorrow, we have to step back and ask ourselves, and we we pointed at it for a second, like, why is why does Onox care about messing up the seasons? Why is Varen just having fun tearing it up in the past, turning uh, people into stone and messing with some races? And I mean, these are these are emissaries of. Ganon, uh, the whole point to messing up the lands in part of this revival process is Twin Rova basically enlists Varen and Onox to ravage these lands with sorrow and destruction. And once those goals are accomplished, they light these rooms uh, where the ritual is going to take place. Because if you recall, when you defeat the villains uh, in these games, they basically laugh at you like, oh, you didn't accomplish what you thought. And it's just like a quick little blurb and you kind of brush it off. But once you continue your quest, your story from Holodrum into Laverna or vice versa, here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. They get Zelda because she showed up in the Link game. They already have one flame lit because you were already in that land. So now it's going to happen in the other one. And then you being Link, of course, you save the princess. How heroic of you. You beat Twin Rova. She's on the verge of death. I don't think she's going to get a halo and go up to heaven this time. But uh, (laughs) she ends up sacrificing herself, which that's a pretty big Zelda moment, I think, to have the woman who raised Ganondorf and the, sorry, the Gerudo woman who raises Ganondorf sheds her own blood to bring him back but that wasn't the plan it was supposed to be zelda it was supposed to be this royal hyrule family you know who's trapped into this spiral of fate 
Right. Which shows that even though they might not specifically mention Hyrule a lot, that there's still there still has to be some sort of strong connection there. Mm-hmm. Just to because just just because they decided to bring Ganon back there. You know, like they decided to revive him in these lands. Like instead of doing it at and Hyrule. When all they needed was Princess Zelda. Right. And it maybe it's oh maybe Ganon doesn't He's usually pretty hungry for Hyrule, but like maybe if just him coming back in any capacity, if this is his, you know what? Here's this is the thing I can't stop thinking about as we're ta- as you were talking about this, Neil. Um, the 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 Ganondorf in Twilight Princess is the Ganondorf from Ocarina, and it's because he's been sealed away and all this stuff. And we all know this; and it's all very fun. Um, but he had an agenda. He was fighting to come back to Hyrule. He tricks Zant and all of that to have his his plan come to be. I was thinking just now, I was thinking, well, well, Ganon in in the Oracle games, you know, maybe maybe he's just trying to get back one way or another or somehow. But the truth is, I don't know if he had any real say in the matter. I think maybe this was uh twin rova and company trying to bring him back and i think the reason ganon might come back ill-equipped or in 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 beast mode so to speak is because it wasn't done they they had improvised at the end there you know what i mean and so we didn't really get like the full real ganon's back baby thing you know right this is the first real instance since uh you know, no, just flat out the first real instance, I would say Link failed. I mean, you could consider where he technically could lose an ocarina, but it doesn't really happen. Let's be real, because we're playing the Zelda game. But um, <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, Link does not protect these lands from these villains doing what they set out to do. And That's true. so it's funny, because like, I kept saying, like, oh, Link doesn't need to test his courage or this or that. And despite being the holder of the Triforce of Courage, which is a very important thing in the lands of Hyrule, he goes out to these distant lands, and as powerful and mighty as he may be, or once was, what have you, he can't truly get the job done. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Dave, thank you so much for being here with us. Oh, my pleasure. If you have any plugs, please go ahead, get them out. Certainly, certainly. Do a couple takes if you like. Oh, that's fine, that's fine. I can just just kind of wing it here. I I don't mind at all. Uh, First of all, thank you very much. This really was a blast. Uh, Um we we've been chatting for a little bit here the two shows have been chatting back and forth i was lucky enough to have both of you gentlemen on one of our episodes where we talked about uh, the top 10 antagonists that came out just about a, a week ago i think as of this episode posting or so it was an absolute pleasure it's been fun hanging out with the both of you these past couple days re- recording our show and then um me being able to to you know it's it's not too often when i talk about zelda that i get to kind of sit back and allow someone else to 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 steer the ship, so to speak. And this was very enjoyable, very enjoyable indeed. 
Um, let's see. If people want to find Another Zelda Podcast, we're on iTunes and Google Play and all of that. You can just search Another Zelda Podcast. You can go to our actual website, anotherzeldapodcast.com, where we have some blog posts that we have some writers that write blog posts for us. And we have show notes for all of our previous episodes, that kind of stuff. Um, that's just anotherzeldapodcast.com. And on Instagram, we're Another Zelda Podcast. Twitter, it's Another Zelda Pod. There's a theme here. Um, if, if anyone were so inclined, I, you're more than welcome to find me on Instagram at Raptor Paint. Actually, Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Raptor Paint. And I do try to post not behind the scenes things, but my experience with making another Zelda podcast on those two accounts. So that uh, that's that's everything. 